Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Good morning, y'all. I missed you. I really do miss you, and I haven't been with you for a while. Uh, Today is January 20th, 2021. I hope the first three weeks of this new year have been kind to you. I was reading in a meditation that comes to my inbox every day, of which I don't read every day. I probably read it like once a month, but I really love it. It's a meditation from Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R, and he is this amazing spiritual advisor. He's a Benedictine monk, um, really enlightened. Some would say a heretic but I really enjoy his meditations. And so in today's meditation, he is talking about a book that Pope Francis wrote. But what it's about is about personal liberation and liberation from unjust and harmful systems. And it directly addresses COVID because I really believe that, yes, COVID has really wrecked a lot of our lives and really put us in harm's way, mentally, emotionally, physically, um, psychologically. But what I really believe the deeper issue is, and we're taught this in our program with the serenity prayer, grant me the serenity, God, God, starts with God, right? God, not us, not money, not fame, not power, not health. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's the hardest part for the serenity prayer for me is the wisdom to know the difference. Like what can I change and what do I have to accept? So for me, I believe when it, when it comes to COVID or any COVID, whatever your personal air quotes COVID is, it's really a matter of our serenity. And how do we stay in spiritual wellness? So from this meditation, he says, In every personal COVID, so to speak, in every stoppage, what is revealed is what needs to change. Our lack of internal freedom, the idols we have been serving, the ideologies we have tried to live by, the relationships we have neglected. For me, when I'm out of serenity, it's very easy. The relationship I have neglected is my relationship with God, my ability to trust him, to have faith in him, to release and surrender things to him. I think, you know, I was sharing this in a meeting the other day. Everything's changed and nothing's changed. I had a perception of personal safety before COVID. Financial security, general good health um, I wouldn't say job security, but you know, I'm in school and I'm interning at my church. So that's secure and stable. But really that was just my own, I don't want to call it naivete, but I believed that I was safe. But on any given day, are we really safe? The markets can crash. We can lose our job. Our partner can die. My husband's only friend in Toronto died of a heart attack in his sleep the other day. Just a big cuddly angel of a guy never said a hard word about anyone there was no outward signs that he was sick or going to have a heart attack and he just died 
And so his lady probably thought just like every other night going to bed with her man with a secure relationship thought he would wake up tomorrow. So I think COVID is more about a reckoning and that's not to dismiss anybody who's had COVID, suffered from it, lost people from it. It doesn't matter whether you believe in it or not. What matters is we're all confronted with it now. No one can turn away from it globally, which is, I don't know, seems like a first to me, but globally, we're all struggling with the same thing and it happens to be called COVID. But the reckoning is where, where were we putting, like this meditation said, where were we putting our faith and our security? And if it lies outside of us, which is so easy to do, because how do you pay the bills if you don't have a job? That's something that lies outside of us. The only thing that we can control is our attention to the work to be serene and to have peace. And what's interesting is, and I think this is true for a lot of us, the people that we know that are struggling the most with problems that would kill us are typically the people that have the most faith and the most peace, which is extraordinary to me. And I draw a lot of strength from that. So this meditation goes on to say, we all think we are freely and consciously making our own choices when, in my experience, most people live most of their lives unconsciously. Before transformation and in a speak that would be um, spiritual experience, we are basically sleepwalking, going through the motions on the surface of life, which is why spiritual teachers like Jesus and Buddha tell us to wake up. When our ego or small self is in charge, we are not free. That's us taking control. We are being ordered about by our preferences, our likes and our dislikes. Think about this. You know, you may, for example, um, not like someone because of their personal beliefs. How that affects you, I'm not really sure. I've never really been a fan of judging others or determining if I'm going to have a relationship with someone else because of their preferences likes dislikes beliefs or or otherwise that's why I happen to have some of my best relationships with people that are very different from me but think about that if we're ordered around by those things there's no personal peace or serenity there's this internal judge and master that is like you're wrong and I'm right You need to be like me or you need to be different than you are. I think most of us, it's not be like me. It's just be different than what you are, which is really a super deep insult to God's creation and handiwork. Like he doesn't like he gets things wrong. Is it really liberating to believe the world revolves around us or conversely that we must hold it all together? As we engage in contemplative prayer, and I love contemplative prayer. It's very quiet. It's very serene. It's a mixture, really, of meditation and prayer where you ponder and you bring God into that place. And it might even be sitting on a lawn and looking at a tree and a bird catches your eye or a particular leaf catches your eye and you wonder about it you either think about its creation maybe you wonder what it's like to be the leaf or ask God God why is this leaf taking my attention it's a really cool place if you're able to get there which is difficult for a lot of us to sink into contemplative prayer as we engage in contemplative prayer and allow God to transform us through great love and great suffering that's where we transform the most We are reminded of our inherent connectedness. We are liberated from thinking of ourselves as somehow separate from everyone and everything else, including God. 
After an authentic God encounter, everything else is relativized. There is only one absolute, and it is God, not us or our culture. That is so good. Part of the awakening that I hope that happens as a result of this last year is our worship of celebrity. Our culture fucking loves celebrity and it loves beauty and makeup and it loves fame and power and money. And I really hope that a great reset happens in our culture around those things because they are vapid and they are meaningless. And that doesn't mean to say they're not entertaining or we don't learn things from them, but the worship of those things really bothers me. And I hope that we take our focus away from those things which are fleeting and which are very impersonal and turn our eyes to God and our inner selves, which is where flourishing and beauty and transformation happens. We know our true self is part of God and lives in God. We are no longer limited by our culturally conditioned reactions, but have access to a greater source of love and ultimate freedom. Then it goes on to say, there is no authentic freedom if we do not also consider the rights and well-being of others. Oh, I love that so much. The transformed person finds freedom in the service of a life and love. Your life is not about you. You are about life. That's our step 12, y'all. It, like any 12-step work, involves deep personal spiritual work and transformation and that's why you may have stumbled on this podcast for the first time and wondering why the heck is this chick talking about authentic self well because that's what we're looking to connect to in recovery recovery becomes way less once we're off of the booze and the drugs or the behaviors about those things, the substance, the addiction, and way more about our internal selves and what it's looking for and where the lack is and what hurt needs to be looked at. Because when we're truly in that space, we're free. We don't need to look outside of ourselves for things that make us feel better or alter our consciousness or our our senses, our beautiful senses. We're very sensitive creatures, very beautiful, profoundly deep, sensitive creatures in recovery. It's like our nerves are all a little bit frayed. So of course we look to something outside of ourselves to help us feel better. But the biggest secret is that it's in us. The problem stems with us, but guess what? The solution is in us in so much as we connect to God because God is not something we can see. Higher power is not something we can see or touch or feel. That's why faith is so important because it's one thing to believe. You know, I believe this chair I'm sitting on is going to hold me when I'm looking at it. But the faith part is when I get over here, I sit on it because I'm putting some gusto behind what I believe. And so using our inner selves as the solution to connect to God and to ask God to help us and to come into our lives and to transform us. It's a partnership. It's an absolute partnership because God is a gentleman. God does not bust down doors. He does reveal himself to us. This is my belief. Gently, softly, sometimes with divine intervention. But for most of us, it's gently and softly. So we have to get quiet enough to hear him speak. And so the best prayer in my opinion, one of the best prayers is, God, just show yourself to me. God, I need you. Please help me. God, I'm ready to hear from you. 
He will. I've never known of a case where he hasn't. It might take time. It might take longer than you think, but he will. And for all of my pontificating and contemplation um, and my studies in being a pastor and preaching, there are lots of times where I don't feel God. But it doesn't mean that because I don't feel him, he's not there. I know he's there. But I also put a hell of a lot of effort into talking to him every day and my personal practices of worship and even just meditative walking. Oh, I love meditative walking. It opens my space up inside to hear from God. Meditative walking. My husband does not know what this is. So we'll go out for a walk and he'll be like pulling on my hand because he wants to walk, like walk. We're going to walk like a man. We put man force into it and we get our heart pumping. And I'm like, but don't you just love the feeling of putting your heel down and feeling what parts of your muscles engage as you walk and like breathing in and looking at the birds and just feeling so alive. Meditative walking is just being in the moment and feeling every sensation and being aware of the wind on your skin. It's the most relaxing thing. And so I prefer meditative walking, but I'm also, as my husband would call an indoor cat. Um, I don't love exercise. I don't remember the last time I left this place. Uh, But when I do go out, meditative walking is where it's at. So hang in there. This is a really fucking weird time. I think for a lot of us, it's time of inaction, of silence, of quietness. There's not a hell of a lot to do out there anymore at this time. It will pass. Everything does. Just look back in history. This isn't the worst thing humankind has ever had to contend with. Um, it's just time to be still and be quiet and do what you can with where you're at. And the rest, just give it to God. Don't forget that serenity prayer. It's always in your back pocket. Say it when you need to. Focus on every word. Remember, we are not God. God is the one. But God is always waiting to for us to reach out our hand and grab his and go forward. Trudge the happy road to destiny as we so gaily say in our program. So thank you for being here with me. I hope to talk to you soon. If you want to reach out to either Lisa or myself, you can email us, twosoberchicks at gmail.com. That's the number two. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Where we've been very quiet on those platforms lately. As I said, it's a year of not doing much. And that is at Two Sober Chicks. We appreciate you so much. You can reach out to us anytime with topic suggestions, feedback, um, or if you just need support. We are always here to support you. You are never alone. We love you.